Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Jones, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's Housing Wire Daily features an interview with HomeWise CEO and visiting fellow at the Urban Institute's Housing Finance Policy Center, Mike Lofton. In this episode, Lofton discusses his recent brief that examines data which claims homeownership is frequently more affordable than renting for many Americans. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. As a top 10 subservicer with a 98% customer satisfaction rate, TMS does business a different way and it does it well. They deliver next level service with next level technology innovations. Like Simi, their servicing portal that can help make a lender's job a breeze. So when you're ready to have the service put back into your subservicing, go to subservicing.themoneysource.com. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined by Mike Lofton, who is the CEO of HomeWise and Visiting Fellow at the Urban Institute's Housing Finance Policy Center. Today, Mike will be speaking to us about his recent HFPC brief titled Homeownership is Affordable Housing. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So before we jump in, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and HomeWise? Yeah, so I've been doing this kind of work for quite a while. I used to grew up in Albuquerque. I moved to Chicago as a community organizer, and I ended up working on housing issues in the Pilsen neighborhood, 18th Street area, where homes were affordable, um, but it was a largely Mexican immigrant community, and people really need help in accessing them. And then I moved back to New Mexico almost 30 years ago up to high-cost Santa Fe, and then began this 29-year journey to figure out how to help first-time homebuyers in a place where wages are low, but housing costs are, are really high. Um, you know, people wanted to own their own home, could no longer, um, didn't think they could afford to. Our median, in, our median price of a home now in Santa Fe is over 500. Um, so now we also, HomeWise also works in Albuquerque where home prices again are lower, but people still need help accessing um, these more affordable homes. So, you know, as you know, qualifying for a mortgage, even when homes are affordable can be a big barrier um, to being able to buy them. All right. Well, I'd like to get started by discussing your recent brief where you examined data on affordability for the typical homeowner versus the typical renter across income level and race and ethnicity. Your brief claims homeownership tends to be more affordable than renting. So why do you believe this is and what data supports this? Well, it's uh, the, da- the data definitely supports this. Uh, if you look at all homeowners in America and all renters, homeowners pay 10 percentage points less of their income on housing. Than, uh, than do renters. Um, so one reason people may think that's true is well, homeowners tend to have higher income, so that makes sense. But if you control for that and you look at low-income households, so you look at households that earn less than $50,000 a year, which is considered low-income, um, renters pay about 34% of their income on housing, while owners pay only 24%. So it's like a third less um, what, what uh, owners pay versus renters. And then if you look for look at Black and Hispanic homeowners, um, they also pay um, less than Black and Hispanic renters, but also Black and Hispanic homeowners pay less than white renters do. So even with all the inequality and, and equity problems in America, um, 
the homeowner um, does better. And, um, you know, another way to look at this is, is, you know, which many people in housing are familiar with the, the concept of housing cost burden. Um, so cost burden means you pay more than 30% of your income on housing expense. 75 of, it, of families that have less than $50,000 a year income, 75% of the renters are cost burden. Less than 50% of homeowners are. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's true across the board. Now, one thing that the research was very interesting for, for me was looking at, we talk about cost burden a lot, but we don't talk about who's not cost burdened. Um, and so I looked at like, well, who pays less than 20% of their income on housing expense? And for low-income homeowners, 31% of them pay less than 20% of their income on housing. That's, you know, that's pretty cool because that means your housing expense is low. Um, it helps you get ahead. But if you look at renters, it's only 7% of renters pay less than 20% of their income on housing. So I think home ownership is just a very overlooked way to address our affordable housing problem in America. That's interesting. Well, as we continue to see an incredibly competitive housing market over the last year, coupled with rising home buyer demand and declining supply, experts say these factors are contributing to a worsening affordability crisis. So how should the industry address these concerns? Well, first... I think there's ways, but I think one thing to keep in mind before we get into that is that um, there are still a lot of weaker housing markets where it's affordable to buy a home, even though home prices are going up and you've really seen it a lot in this last year. Um, but if you really look at the majority of the country, home ownership is still pretty affordable. So according to Adam, um, data, data analytics, that does a lot of uh, data analysis. It's cheaper to, to buy a home than to rent in two thirds of American counties. So we need to pay attention to the rest of this country. Not everybody lives on the coast where home prices are higher. and Not everyone lives in places like Santa Fe where home prices are high. So we need to keep this in mind that for many people, the issue is not the home ownership is too expensive. The issue is access. They can't qualify for a mortgage. They don't have money for a down payment. There's other barriers that get in the way of them taking advantage of something that's already affordable. Now, having said that, there are high cost markets where home homes are expensive. Um, and so you do need supply side strategies to increase the supply of affordable homes. Um, you also need to figure out ways to help make the existing homes more affordable. Um, so that could include down payment assistance that reduces the cost of buying. But it also could, and we, we do this at HomeWise all the time, is um, let's help people buy who have low down payments, buy a home without mortgage insurance because mortgage insurance just adds a huge cost to the financing. By getting rid of that, you make the housing more affordable. Okay, well, let's pick back up on home building. The latest report from the National Association of Home Builders and Wells Fargo Housing Opportunity Index indicates housing affordability weakened slightly during the first quarter of 2021. As construction costs and lumber prices soar and home prices continue to rise, in your point of view, how does steep competition financially impact the potential home buyers? Well, I mean, it's disturbing what's going on with the, the rising prices in many markets, right? So now there's big questions of, you know, a lot of this got was related to COVID. And as people bring homes back on the market, is that going to, is the market going to get a little healthier? Um, because lots of homes got taken off the market during COVID and many of those are starting to come back on the market. Um, but I mean, I don't think I wouldn't just, you know, say everything's going to be okay because of that. I think we do need strategies, like I said before, to increase the supply of affordable housing. I think 
Um, one thing that communities overlook too is like is inclusionary zoning, um, which um, in new development, and this is, works well in high cost markets like Santa Fe, where a percentage of the homes need to be affordable. And so in Santa Fe, 20, 20% of all new homes being built need to be affordable to uh, kind of working class people. Um, and it's mandated and, um, and it's, it's really helped a lot. Um, the other thing is, I think we look at the cost of financing. As you know, mortgage rates are still really low. It's a great deal. But there are hidden costs, hidden added costs, um, oftentimes added to those who can least afford it. Because I don't have a, much of a down payment. I need down payment assistance. I have to pay for mortgage insurance. If we eliminate that added cost, it makes the home more affordable. Um, another is like in lots of housing finance agencies do this, where they premium price the mortgage. So they raise the rate on the interest rate, and then they use the profitability from that to fund down payment assistance. We're working at cross purposes in this case, right? So we're helping people solve the down payment problem, but we're making their mortgage payment higher. I think we need to get away from that and, and have a down payment assistance program for those people whose parents can't play that role. Um, get that down payment without having to premium price their mortgage and make their home even more or, or less affordable interesting. In your brief, you mentioned we need more help for low-income families and racial and ethnic minorities so they can own more homes. And you examine data from the 2019 American Community Survey that breaks down the cost of owning versus renting. You indicate that homeownership is still more affordable than renting, but with prices climbing in almost every metro each and every day. Is this true for the majority of Americans? You know, you know it's not. Here's the, this, this is a very, I love this question because Oftentimes, I was at a at a, a, a conference of like thirty housing experts looking at a housing a, a think tank doing the housing affordability analysis and, and a report. And somebody showed a graph of here's rising rents since the Great Recession, and here's rising home prices. So homeowners and renters are both being um, hurt by rising prices. And it's like, and I looked at it, I go, you know, that's not true. That's only half the story. It's true that the rising rents are affecting renters. It is not true that home, rising home prices are affecting homeowners because no one buys their house every year. They don't rebuy the house. So their, their, their costs are not going up. The only part of their cost that's going up that's subject to inflation is taxes and insurance. Their principal and interest payments are the same because it's, if assuming you have a fixed rate mortgage, right? So those guys, that's why, that's a key part of why homeownership is, is more affordable than renting over time is because you've, you've held constant the biggest part of their housing expense. So on the other hand, there's no, no such thing as a 30-year lease that holds your rent constant. Um, 100% of your rent is subject to inflation. And, and in fact, it's worse than that, right? Because since the Great Recession, rents have increased at twice the rate of overall inflation. So if we're going to solve the affordable housing problem long term, getting people into homes, into housing that they own in a fixed rate mortgage, they may be stretching to buy that home at the beginning and paying a, a bigger percentage of their income on, on the housing payment. But as but because it's it's held, um, the, the majority of their housing payments held constant, they get ahead over time. Um, so I think we, you, we need to remember that right now. That said, buying a home now, if home prices are going up for the new home buyer, it's more expensive. And so we definitely need interventions to help to make sure people have access to that. But I, you know, I wrote this other piece on how we should think America should consider 
creating a home ownership voucher, just like we have rent vouchers. Um, but it's a one-time thing. We're, 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 we spend on a, the housing choice voucher user on average gets about $60,000 of assistance in rent assistance. For 15,000, for a fourth of that cost, you could help a lot of people buy a home. And as long as they're successful in owning that home over time, you don't have to keep writing checks. So I think we could get ahead of the affordable housing crisis in America if we began to look towards home ownership um, as more of a solution. Not that we don't need rent programs too, we do. I'm not, I am not advocating that we do away with those. What I'm advocating is that we, we give home ownership its just due in serving and um, helping to solve the affordable housing problem. Okay, thank you for answering that. Well, I'd like to continue the discussion on increasing access to affordable home ownership for low-income families and minorities. We established home ownership tends to be more affordable than renting in many cases, but what are some of the challenges or barriers low-income or minority home buyers face in the housing market? And in your perspective, how do we address the issue in order to create more access to affordable home ownership? So, I mean, some of the barriers are, which we know, right, is like Many people don't have down payment. Their parents didn't own a home. Their grandparents didn't own a home. In fact, for many of, of uh, households of color, um, you know, up until 1968, the federal government legally discriminated against people. Only 2% of FHA mortgages were, were um, made to, to black households. So, you know, if, if prior generations weren't able to build wealth, it's hard for the next generation to do it because they don't get that. So we need to step in as a, as a country and say, we're going to help with that down payment. So I think having, and that's what I like about this home ownership voucher idea is like that, that's something that will help people overcome that barrier. There's also barriers like people have poor credit or they have no credit or they have too much consumer debt. Um, and, but there's ways to solve that. No one was born with a bad credit score. You can earn a bad one, you can earn a good one. And it's not rocket science to help somebody improve that. Um, I think a huge barrier is many people don't even think it's a possibility to own their own home. Um, they don't have people in their family that own the home. So what I think we need is we need to really invest in an alternative homebuyer service delivery system that knows how to reach people who've been left behind, knows how to help them and overcome the barriers that they face. The existing delivery system is not going to do it on its own. I mean, we, we should not be looking to the same mortgage lenders who marketed highly profitable predatory loans in, in the black church to help us close the home ownership gap. We really need um, to have institutions and organizations focused on helping solve that problem. So there's community development financial institutions that have that focus, community development credit unions, minority depository institutions. There's folks out there that care about this. They just don't have enough capacity to do the work that we need to do to get it to the scale, to truly begin to close the home ownership gap. So that's something I think we need to we need to start investing in how we're going to reach people who have been left behind and not just assume the existing system is going to take care of it. All right, Mike. Well, my last question for you today is in order to increase housing affordability, what do policymakers in the housing industry need to be keeping in mind? Well, I think we need to like like I say, we need a down payment assistance program or a home ownership voucher that's simple and easy to use. We have down payment assistance programs in America. There's over 2,500 of them. Across the country, some of them are funded by things like the HUD's home program. And if you look at the home regs that, that uh, affect um, down payment assistance programs, it's a train wreck. And they're, they're very complicated. They make it, they're very difficult to use. So as a result, the majority of state and local governments have gotten out of using home money 
for down payment assistance. We need to fix those things. And I'm hoping in the new administration, because um, I think they do care about this home ownership gap and the wealth gap in America, and they care about affordable housing. Um, and as we've talked about, home ownership is a really powerful way to achieve housing affordability. We need to look at those existing programs and fix their um, flaws, as well as bring new resources to the table. Because um, we can solve this problem. This is not a problem that, that, this is not like figuring out how to get a person on Mars. This is something we know how to do. We need the political will. Okay. Well, lastly, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add today or anything else our listeners should know? You know, I would just say that like, what, what's really good is that there, and encouraging is there's a growing recognition that in order for America to help cl- to close its wealth gap, it needs to address its home ownership gap. What I'm hoping is we also begin to see that if we're going to address afford- the affordable housing crisis, we also need to address the home ownership gap. Mike, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. And thank you for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. Thank you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.